wind blowing toward right field. If Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air, he would get some help. Familia's next pitch. Belted to deep center. Back goes Lagares. And gone, Alex Gordon. In comes the pitch. Broken bat, one hopper to third. And over to first in time. Runner going to try to score. Wild throw. Hosmer gambling that he could dash home on the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And this is the final episode of the week for Locked On Royals, and I cannot wait until this show is back to five days a week once we get baseball back, and it's right around the corner. This episode was brought to you by RockAuto.com. You can go to RockAuto.com and get reliably low prices and amazing selection for all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. On today's show, it's going to be jam-packed as we end the week here with the Royals' schedule being released, and we'll see how realistic it is for them to make a postseason run. And then we're also going to talk about the first inter-squad game of the season for the Kansas City Royals as they restart spring training 2.0 or summer camp, whichever you prefer. This week on Lockdown Rolls, you've heard from Matt Graves of RedbirdRants.com talk about Mike Matheny and preview the NL Central with myself. You've also heard me talk about, on Monday, the Royals' positive COVID tests and what all went in to a just a disaster of a week to start out for MLB. But let's start with the schedule. And I've always said on this podcast since the 60-game season was announced that this is going to be a football season. This is not going to be a baseball season. And that doesn't mean that the Royals get to have Patrick Mahomes, although for that half a million, half a billion dollar contract, I think that the Royals could steal him for a game or two to go off the mound. But it means that every game that only matters, uh, but it matters almost twice as much as it did before because you only have 60 games. And in 60 games, the Royals could easily make the postseason. And I know some of you uh, might still be a little bit skeptical about that, but I encourage you to go back to last year and go 60 games from the start of last season. And a playoff team was the Pittsburgh Pirates. That was one of the playoff teams in a 60-game season. Another one was the Texas Rangers, who fell out as well. The Pirates made the postseason last year in 60 games. So I don't think it's unrealistic to think that this Royals team can make the postseason. I really don't. I don't think it's unrealistic to think almost any team in baseball this year can make a run at the playoffs in a 60-game season. And the Royals are set up more than you know more beneficial than most because they're playing in the Central Division. The Central Division where you can beat up on the Tigers, you can beat up on the Pirates, and then also none of the top teams are unbeatable. I, I would say between the NL and AO Central, the best team is the Twins. The Reds look really good. But but I don't consider either one of those teams unbeatable. Now, they're really good, but they're not unbeatable. And then past that, I think that the Royals could easily win a season series against the Cardinals, against the White Sox, against the Cubs, against the Brewers for sure. You win a couple of those series, and we'll talk about that in a second here, and you're in the postseason because, meanwhile, in the East, 
you know, those teams are having to go against the Yankees, the Nationals, you know, teams like that, the Braves. They're having to go against the Phillies. I mean, the Rays, one of the best teams in baseball. I mean, and out in the out in the East, it's just a dogfight. In the West, you have the Dodgers, you have the Astros, you have Mike Trout, Shohei Otani. I mean, you have a lot of teams out West that can make some noise. The Central is by far the weakest division, and that can attribute to one of these teams sneaking into the postseason, sneaking into at least the wild card game uh, that really shouldn't be there if we played a full 162, like the Pirates did last year in 60 games. Then you finish out that you finish out that 60 games, you know that that 162, and the Pirates fall out of the postseason. But we're not going to have that opportunity for these teams to fall out. So the postseason is very realistic. Now, would I bet on it? I, I don't think I'd bet on it, but it's it's definitely not out of the question by any means. And being in the Central, I said on yesterday's show, I think that in each league, AL and NL, one wild card spot will be taken up by a Central team. In each league, one wild card spot will be from the Central. So you look at the AL, that, that, that goes from the Indians, White Sox, Royals. I don't think that the Tigers have what it takes to crack this, you know, crack this wild card game, even in a 60-game season. So again... Are you telling me that the Royals, with all the improvements, all the improvements that they've made and all the young talent they have coming up, you think that they cannot beat the Indians? Especially if they trade Francisco Lindor? They can't beat the White Sox, who had a great offseason. But they were never they were expected to be a good young team, but they were still planning on being good and competitive in 2022. The door is wide open. So let's dive into this Royal schedule, and then we'll talk about how they can get to the postseason. They're also going to talk about the Royals inner squad game that happened on Tuesday. But if you do want to join the Lockdown Royals Fantasy Baseball League on ESPN, go ahead and DM me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And if you do not have Twitter, you can email the show LockdownRoyals at gmail.com and you can just send me in your email that's attached to your ESPN fantasy account. I'll send you the email, send you the invite, uh, in a couple of weeks here, and then we'll have the draft on the Tuesday before opening day. And if you can beat me, you'll win something, a prize to be named later uh, for winning the Lockdown Royals Fantasy Baseball League. It's totally free to enter, uh, just something to really uh, engage the audience with uh, some fantasy baseball. So let's dive into the schedule. So let's talk about the cliff notes first, the, the big marquee dates in a 60-game sprint. Opening day will be July 24th. They'll be playing in Cleveland, and that first pitch will be at 6.15 Central Time in Cleveland. It'll be a three-game set. The Royals play 17 straight games from July 24th. Their first off day is August 10th after 17 straight baseball games. So we're going to jump out of this hiatus right into uh, a ton of baseball. The home opener at the K will be July 31st against the White Sox. Home openers don't mean all that much now that we're uh, not having fans there, but... I will say, unlike any other sport, having no fans, still there's still a home field advantage to having no fans. Uh, because unlike any other sport, we're not playing on a regulation field. We're not playing on the same playing field. You know, if you, if you go play uh, in a basketball arena in Oklahoma City and then go play in one in Dallas, the same, it's, it's the same size, it's the same everything, it's the same layout, everything's the same. But if you go play at the K and then you go play in Houston... Uh, that's totally different ballparks. I mean, one is hitter-friendly, one isn't. 
So, so home field advantage does matter in baseball still with no fans. Now, the energy might not be there, probably won't be there, but you still build teams around your home field. And it's not because of the fans, it's because of the dimensions of the ballpark. It's a lot easier uh, to pitch in Kaufman than it is to pitch in the Bronx. I mean, it's just how it is. So home field doesn't matter, and the Royals will not play at the K until July 31st against the White Sox, which, who could have guessed that, right? I mean, it's like they play the White Sox every single year for their home opener. I believe for the last four years or three years at least, uh, they've played the White Sox for their home opener. Uh, but the Royals do have the fourth easiest schedule from opening day through August 8th. And that is just a, a factor of playing in that central division because the three teams ahead of them are all in the central. The Reds, uh, the Cardinals, the Cubs, and then you got the Royals. So, you know, that, that's going to be interesting to, to look for because we'll talk about it in a second, the roadmap to the postseason. Uh, but some other key dates that you're going to want to pay attention to. Mike Matheny will return to St. Louis. Mike Moustakis will return to Kauffman Stadium. And the Royals will visit Lorenzo Kane all this year due to the, of course, geographical schedule of playing the uh, same divisions, the central place at central, the east and the east, the west and the west, etc., etc. So those are the, all the key dates that you need for this Royal schedule. And then after the break, we're going to talk about how this team can make the postseason because that's been the biggest talking point since we found out this 60-game sprint was happening is a roadmap for the postseason, and I have found one. So we're going to talk about that after the break. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Rock Auto because rockauto.com has been serving you auto parts online for 20 years. Listen, fellas, 20 years ago, you had no idea how to send an email properly. You had dial-up internet. Now, not only can you watch the Royals online, but you can buy auto parts online with ease. RockAuto.com has an easy navigational website to find any parts your car needs from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of manufacturers, any make and model for your car. All you need to do, go in there, put in your car information, and then they'll start picking out items that you might need for your car. Right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box, and they're going to take care of you over there. Because listen, there is no reason under any circumstances, to go to a chain auto parts store because all they're going to do is type on their computer, order a part online, send you back out the door. When the part comes in, they're going to call you back and then they're going to upcharge you for that part. Skip the upcharge. Just go straight to rockauto.com and save money at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So, Let's go through the Royals' schedule, and let's find a way for the Royals to make the postseason, because I don't think people outside of Kansas City realize the improvements that they've that they've made, and that probably does sound like a homer opinion coming from somebody hosting the Lockdown Royals podcast, but trust me, I am not a homer uh, in any sense for any team that, that I follow or cover, uh, but the, the realistic option is this team always talked about being competitive this year, and in January... I said this team was going to be last year's Texas Rangers. They were going to start good, uh, you know, maybe be in the mix a little bit up until the All-Star break, and then they were going to fall off a cliff. Well, there's no cliff to fall off of in a 60-game season. So this is very realistic for the Royals to be in the mix and be a playoff team even uh, this season. But let's talk about the schedule. So you start in Cleveland, and then you go to Detroit. So that's your first two series, a three-game set with Cleveland, a four-game set with Detroit. In my opinion, you have to win both those series. You need to take two of three from Cleveland. You need to take three of four from Detroit. That has to happen. 
because then you go take on the White Sox and the Cubs. White Sox is a two is a uh, three game set. The Cubs are a four game set. You're gonna have two in Wrigley, two at the K. In my opinion, you need to take one of those series with a Chicago team. You can either take two of three from the White Sox. You can take three of four from the Cubs. You need to get that series as well. One of those series with 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 the Chicago team has to be owned by Kansas City because you are going to get beat up in August. And it might cause a lot of people, their confidence to wane a little bit. But stay with me. In August, after that Cleveland, Detroit, White Sox, and Cubs series that we just talked about, you're going to play the Twins for a three-game set, two games with the Reds, the Twins again, two more games with the Reds, the Twins again. Now, what did I say a segment ago? Those are the two best teams in the Central. Reds, Twins. It's very realistic to think that the, that the Royals will not win either of those series. And the fact that you've got to play the Twins, Reds, Twins, Reds, Twins, that is a tough five-game series stretch. Twins, Reds, Twins, Reds, Twins. That, that's tough. But you've got to rebound after that whenever you take on St. Louis, who's a good team, and this does depend on, on how the pitching falls, but you've got to go to St. Louis and take that series right out of the gate because you've got to get back hot. This is only a 60-game season. And then you take on the White Sox, who, again, are beatable. You've got to take care of business there. Cleveland, you can probably drop that series. White Sox, Cleveland. And then if you can make it past that August stretch, let's go backwards. If you can make it past Twins, Reds, Twins, Reds, Twins, playing 500 ball, if you can just play 500 ball right there, you finish out the year playing the Cardinals, White Sox, Indians, White Sox, Indians, Pirates, Tigers, Brewers, Cardinals, Tigers. Again, the Brewers are very, very, very beatable. The Pirates are a terrible team. The Tigers are a terrible team. You're going to rebound from that tough August in late September. The problem is, what are you going to do from the end of August to the beginning of September? Because, again, the middle of the August is going to be tough. The end of September is going to be easy. You've got to figure out what you're going to do in that middle ground there to win baseball games and to get to the postseason. If the Royals come out of, let's see, August, if they on August 24th, if we're on this podcast, it's a Monday morning, if we're on this podcast Monday morning on the 24th going into that Cardinal series and the Royals are at or very close to or even a little bit above 500, if they're hovering anywhere around 500, this team can absolutely make the postseason. If they can survive that stretch, they're a postseason team. Every team in baseball has a stretch like that. But if the Royals can survive theirs, when you mix in the fact that after they after they get rid of the Twins, it's smooth sailing. It is very smooth sailing. Now again, coronavirus could come. Players could get hurt. You never know what's going to happen. But just on paper right now, the Royals are set up to go to the postseason. It sounds simple, I know. A fast start, a very, very strong finish, and then just take your punches in August. August is going to be brutal. You should prepare yourself now because I know I'm going to do the same thing. We're going to live and die with every pitch in a 60-game season. But August is going to be brutal, middle of August, whenever you're playing the Twins over and over and over again. 
And don't even get me started if they can actually upset the Twins. If they can beat the Twins in a couple of those series, oh my goodness, lock them in for the postseason right now. But the thing with this is, look around the Royals. Now, the Royals do not have to be world beaters to get the wild card game. Look in the East. All right, let's just take the AL for the, for the wild card purposes. In the East, you would expect the Rays to be a wild card team, or the or the or the Yankees, whoever's not going to win that division. You can almost lock them into that one seed, but they still have to go up against the Blue Jays, who are a scrappy team. The Red Sox have all the offense in the world, but they don't have any pitching, so it kind of depends on what the Red Sox do pitching wise. Then they shift over and play the NL East. They've got the Braves, who are a playoff team. They've got the Mets, who are a playoff caliber team. They didn't make it last year, but they're a playoff caliber team. The Phillies, again, like the Red Sox, have a ton of offense, a lot of question marks in that pitching staff. And then you play the Marlins. Easy easy enough with the Marlins. Kick them out of here. Marlins and Orioles are the only teams in the East you're not worried about at all. You can make a case to lose any night in the East besides the Marlins and to the Orioles. And they're going to get their own wins, of course. It's baseball. People are going to win. But you can make the case that even the top teams in the East can lose every single night. In the West, you take the Astros as winning the AL West. They've got now the Angels, the Rangers, and the A's who all feel like they can win a wildcard spot. Who, even with a 162-game season felt like they could get in. The Angels get Otani back. They add Rendon. They have Mike Trout. They add some pitching. Not enough, in my opinion. The Rangers trade for Corey Kluber. They're opening a new ballpark. And then the A's have always found their way in there. They're going to beat up on each other. And when they're not playing the Astros, the Rangers, the A's, the Angels, you know, interchange those teams for each one of them, when they're not playing those teams, they're going to travel to the Dodgers, a scrappy young Padres team, the Rockies, who are always competitive, the, the Diamondbacks, who are always competitive. And then, of course, you're going to have the Mariners and the Giants, who aren't good and aren't going to be competitive, but still, everyone else will be scrappy. In the Central, it's much more wide open. You're going to have chances to win a lot of games. You're not going to be in as many dogfights in the Central. That's why I think that the Central locks in a wildcard spot right now. Now, it might not be the Royals. It might not be the Royals, but I think that a Central team in both the AL and NL can lock in a wildcard team. And in the AL, it comes down to the Rays, Yankees, or the A's. It's going to be fun to watch. And the Royals have a legitimate chance to be a postseason team. And that's going to be so fun to follow along all year long. Listen, the Royals have their first inter-squad game on Tuesday. Not too much to take away from it. I'll just give my thoughts on it. The Royals live stream this game on Periscope, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, and I think that's all. But you, you could have found this game if you wanted to watch it. It wasn't the best quality, uh, but it was still baseball. So a few takeaways. Mondesi looked really good. He put, a, he put some really nice swings in the ball before he roped the double into right field. He looked awesome. Scott Barlow struck out three batters, including Jorge Soler and Nick Prado, I believe. Uh, and then I, I can't remember the third one he struck out. But he struck out three batters and also gave up that double to Mondesi. But still, Barlow looked really good. He continues to look good from spring training 1.0. And then Bobby Witt Jr. 
singled off of Tim Hill. Witt Jr. was also playing third base, and we got a question on the Reddit mailbag a couple weeks ago uh, asking, you know, if, if Bobby Witt Jr. is so great like I think he will be, and if Mondesi stays around, they both play shortstop. What's going to happen there? Maybe that was a glimpse into what, what can happen. Maybe they feel more comfortable with Bobby Witt Jr. playing third, or maybe it's an inter-squad game. There's nothing to take away from this. That could very well be the possibility. But it was interesting to note that to me uh, because we did get that question of who's going to move around the diamond here uh, if Bobby Witt Jr. and Mondesi are on the team at the same time. Uh, so there you go. That, that was the first inter-squad game, really. I, I think Tyler Zuber threw a little bit. Uh, he looked pretty good. Nothing really to take away. Uh, Holland was all right. I mean, he wasn't, of course, the old Holland that, that everyone remembers in Kansas City. He's still battling for a roster spot. I would say with 30 men, you can pretty much confirm he's going to be on the roster opening day. Uh, but he in, in spring training 1.0 and today in this simulated game, he didn't overwhelm you. He, he didn't say you absolutely have to lock him in. Uh, so maybe once you get past that 30 uh, man roster mark. Maybe he's one of the guys that gets sent down or uh, is no longer on the active man roster, of course. That'll be interesting to, to watch Holland battle throughout this you know three-week period here before we get baseball back. Uh, Kennedy threw. He was pretty good. That's pretty much all we have today on the Lockdown Royals. And this week on Lockdown Royals, be sure to go back and listen to any episode you might have missed. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star Apple Podcast review. And if you want to join the Lockdown Royals Fantasy Baseball League on ESPN. DM me at Ryland underscore Styles on Twitter. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. If you do not have Twitter, you can email the show LockdownRoyals at gmail.com. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Royals.